0: Introducing Simply Light Lemonade. Can you hear that? That's the sweet sound of 75% less sugar and calories. We want to make sure you hear it's 75% less sugar and calories because it tastes so good. Let's talk about games for a second. Some teachers are using experience points to track performance instead of letter grades. Playing Tetris has been shown to reduce symptoms of PTSD. If you want to get engaged with movements in the gaming landscape, check out Plus 7 Intelligence, the podcast about how games impact people. You can subscribe to Plus 7 Intelligence
1: on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Season 2, available now.
0: Can I tell you how I always wanted my intro? Because I have been listening to you guys for a while. Yeah. And I always envision... I know it doesn't. it doesn't work like this, but... I envision uh, the song plays and then I'm like, wow, that's a jam. Is that Holland Patton Public Library?
2: (laughs) Welcome to Writers Who Not Write, a podcast about writing and the stories that authors struggle to tell. This week on the show, we have Alyssa Cowett and Greg Dunbar. That voice that you just heard is Greg. He's referring to Ryan Dan of Holland Patent Public Library. Check him out online. Greg and Alyssa are on the show this week to talk about their new book, I Did My Homework in My Head. It's recently adapted from their Twitter and Instagram accounts called Live from Snack Time, which I recommend checking out if you love hilarious shit. If you're interested, you can pick up the book wherever books are sold. And if you're listening to this early, they're having a Mother's Day event at Brooklyn Bowl in Williamsburg. That's this Sunday, May 14th, presenting with the Rock and Roll Playhouse, celebrating mothers. That means moms get in for free. Doors open at noon and the event runs through 1.30, so check it out. Let's get to the interview. Welcome Greg and Alyssa. Let's tell everybody how we know each other first.
3: Ithaca College, represent.
2: Yeah, yeah. class
0: of 2010. 20- We're all 2010, right? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Actually,
3: it's kind of, it's, it's kind of ironic. I, I think you guys probably knew each other, but I didn't know any of you until after we graduated.
1: That is true, isn't it? Um, I feel like I didn't meet most of the people I know now from Ithaca until after Ithaca. Agreed. Yeah. Except Jeff. I, I did know Jeff, um, unfortunately.
2: It, it's funny. You guys actually are not the first Ithaca graduates that have been on the show. Uh, we had Aaron Edwards a while ago. Who's doing like amazing stuff now? Like since we've interviewed him, he got a job at the Outline with Josh Topolsky and is killing it.
0: Um, He was always killing. I remember him in college. He was like one of those, one of those people that were always on top of everything.
2: Yeah, he was the editor of the Ithaca when they won like the best college newspaper award or something. He got an A one story in the New York Times when he was, I think, nineteen years old. It's amazing. Can you imagine like getting a cover story in the New York Times and then not being able to buy a beer to celebrate? (laughs)
0: Oh. <laughs> you know what we need? Actually, I don't. I don't know if Ithaca has this, but do they have like an alumni database where we could just type in a name or type in a field and see where everyone's, whatever's doing? It's called LinkedIn. They do. Called Facebook. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Old news, Greg. Good idea.
0: I was pitching that in college. Remember, I was running around talking about ICNet. I was like, why aren't our film students working with the acting school? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. And then they're like, yeah, nope, that's Facebook.
1: I still and get, you disrupt that, Greg. So, I still get emails from that Facebook group, <laughs> the Dillingham Park connection. The Dillingham Park connection. I can't get. I. don't know how to get out of it.
0: Yeah, Facebook groups have been like immortalized. They're just locked and frozen in time now. I think I.
2: I shit you not. I'm in a group that I did not join. Uh, that is literally just called <laughs> Everyone Hates Jeff, and there's <laughs> there's like 300 people in it named Jeff.
0: Oh my God! I'm gonna. Oh, I can't join it. I'm not named Jeff.
2: Bye. Yeah. It's I it, it was the the genesis of uh of a new podcast I have coming out in like I I don't I have no idea when. We haven't even started recording, but it's gonna be awesome, so stay tuned for that. Um well anyway, like you two uh apparently didn't know each other at Ithaca, but that is the connection. Um but why are we talking to you two together now on this show?
0: So yeah, we've since collaborated. I feel like we crossed paths maybe once or twice at least in college, right?
3: Yeah, you you definitely look familiar.
0: We we ran in the same circle. <laughs> But uh, we, we kind of joined forces in New York, both moving to Manhattan after, after school. And uh, Alyssa had this incredible Twitter account called Live From Snack Time, which, um, I don't know, Alyssa, if you want to give a little background on how you started that.
3: Yeah, I could give you some background. My kids were just saying some hilarious things, and I wanted a way to document it. And I figured if I just wrote this down, I'm definitely going to lose it. So I made a Twitter account. I was only following probably, like, five people and had about seven followers back. Um, but it was some hilarious content. I mean, kids just say the wildest things. I mean... Like, like um, what,
2: what's an example of something that they were saying back in the day?
3: Well, the reason why we, I started, like, really documenting was um, during a geometry lesson, um, I asked the kids... I usually ask this, like, what is one thing you got out of this lesson or what's the big takeaway just hoping that someone got something. (laughs) Um, and one of the kids raised his hand like very excitedly. So I was happy about that. And he screamed out like, my butt has a line of symmetry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I just thought it was hilarious. Like in that moment I was like, okay, either I could tell the kid that that was extremely inappropriate, or I can sort of highlight this because not only is he correct, it's hilarious. Um, so that was sort of the moment where I was like, okay, people need to hear these things. They're kind of amazing. <laughs> so,
2: so you have this very like universal, uh, like humor about the book. I mean, my mom found this when it was just sitting on the counter and she's, she's been a teacher for, uh, forever. And, um, you know, she just started reading through it and I, I caught her like chuckling just to herself as she was reading through it and saying like, Oh yeah, kids actually do say like really the darndest things. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so, I mean, it's like, and, you know, my mom's a middle-aged woman. So, like, this applies to educators. It applies to everybody who sees the account. You have, what, like 60,000 followers now? Yeah, about that. How did you guys try and come up with something that would be universally appealing to everybody?
0: I mean, just a little bit more about the journey of how we got here. So, the the, the Insta- or the Twitter account, you know what? I think this idea was birthed at Kyle Craner's post-marathon uh, happy hour uh,
1: yes is that right so do i i remember uh sort of drunkenly saying that i was gonna get 50 percent of 150 percent of your company like we would split it three ways 50 50. i think i think yes. we signed a
0: contract on that actually i
1: don't remember what that was about though <laughs> in the post-marathon glow it's gone
0: maybe we had started it just before that but i basically approached Alyssa and said this is amazing this is hilarious what you're tweeting Uh, we shouldn't limit it just to Twitter, we should put it on Instagram. And I I had brief knowledge of Photoshop from Ithaca, but started taking the quotes and and turning them into these little square Instagram posts. So we launched an Instagram account and kind of worked at it for, I don't know, six months maybe before we got... And we we were steadily growing. We got to about 3,000 followers, um, partially from the Twitter account and then partially from us just going very hard on in terms of like liking other approaching other teacher accounts and liking other similar posts. Um, And then when we hit about 3000 followers, we got a message from the Huffington Post and they wanted to interview Alyssa, which we both like freaked out about and didn't know what to do or how to approach it.
3: Yeah, I think Um, we were at a Yankee game when all of a sudden like thousands and thousands of followers were rolling in. (laughs) Yeah, we were like, is this real? Like, what is happening here?
1: Um, so one of the things that happens, it seems to happen more frequently lately, or maybe I'm just paying attention now, is that a really popular Twitter or Instagram or social account of any kind goes viral and then gets a book deal. So can you guys talk to us a little bit about what that process is like and you know what sort of experience it takes to translate something that's very successful socially into what is your first book?
0: Yeah. I mean, I give Alyssa all the credit for finding and, and securing what eventually became a book deal, so... I'll let you speak to
3: that. Thanks, Greg. I wasn't sure if I just remembered it that way or if that actually happened. <laughs> um, I So one of our, I think we were covered by ABC News. And at the end of the um, interview, she was like, um, would you ever think about making a coffee table book? I think this is very funny. I think people would buy it. And then that sort of inspired me to just um, reach out to a bunch of just pub like publishing houses, um, and I realized th- through that process, publishers don't talk to authors at all. So I then started to I emailed about ten agents. Um, I got no response from all of them except for one, and she was like, "This is a book. Like, email me tomorrow, yeah, or sorry, call me tomorrow."
0: Meanwhile, um, I was like, "No, we need to focus on the Instagram account."
1: What is this book?
3: <laughs> yeah, and then we we had to put a proposal together quickly. Our agent actually is from my hometown and we didn't realize till the proposal was like halfway done and we were giving her some information about our personal lives. And she's like, oh, I am your neighbor. So that was (laughs) kind of crazy. Wait a minute. Yeah. She's like, I'm pretty sure I know your parents. Cool. Your
1: parents, Debbie and Steve.
3: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So yeah. So that was pretty funny.
1: How difficult was it to take what was the Instagram and the Twitter and turn it into the pages in the book?
0: Initially, I took it kind of personally. So the book itself, the Instagram is very much, uh, it features a quote, and then it features a photo that either completely contrasts or complements the quote. Um, so, for example, my butt has a line of symmetry. We're obviously not going to post a photo of a butt, but instead we have a peach just to kind of conjure that that imagery. Yeah. So the, when we brought it to book form, the publisher uh, basically gave us a deal on the on the contingency that we would not include photos in the thing, and I was kind of like, "Well, that's the whole account. Like, what are we doing?" But um, so it it kind of felt like they took the fingerprint of the account and completely kind of erased it for the book. But since then, since then, and seeing the book in this final form, it really kind of it makes complete sense. And and for me not to even in my head trust the publisher the whole way, I think was was a complete mistake. But so. The book now just features a quote with, like, a very kind of cute border around it, and it's it just looks and feels so inherently uh, like something you would find either at on your grandparents' coffee table or, um, you know, on the back of your friend's toilet seat, <laughs> something like that. Not, you know, not where that that's where we want it to be, although that would be a huge compliment. Um, <laughs> but... It, it just it looks and feels like it should, and, and it's and honestly, I think it's going to appeal to a bigger audience now than than our kind of and an older audience who isn't necessarily on Instagram and finding the same humor and the kind of snarky contrast of pictures and quotes.
2: I'm curious how you guys dealt with just all the changes on like these various social media platforms over the years because it's been around since what 2014.
0: Yeah, yeah, 2014. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's definitely something that. um so I guess taking it back to Instagram specifically, Instagram changed their algorithm. They changed their feed, I think, in 2016 where, I don't know, it, it feels like ages ago now, but it used to be seeing every post in order of when it was posted. So um, they changed it in the same way that Facebook did in that now it's it's more based on an algorithm and based on what you interact with and what you engage with um, and pushes that content to the top. So. We saw our engagement dip, and I think a lot of Instagrammers probably saw the same thing. But we saw our our likes per post go down, and um, just the eyeballs that saw the post was much less because they were, you know, we probably weren't first priority for a lot of people. Like I feel like in in your feed, you'll see our quote and you'll be like, "Oh, that's funny," and you'll like it and you'll move on. But um, so we saw a big dip in that, so so it kind of became panic mode in that we weren't necessarily attributing the lack of engagement to that at first. And we were just like, what's happening? We're, we're dying and we have this book coming out. What are we going to do? But, um, you know, it, it's just a matter of kind of, of figuring out ways to, to circumvent that or just to kind of roll with the punches when it comes to the social media.
3: I'm not very tech savvy. So every time I got used to, you know, some sort of change through Instagram, it would just change again. So I usually rely on Greg for, to answer all of my uh, ridiculous questions about posting
0: and that yeah and then now you look at Instagram with which when they just added stories and and they have obviously live you can stream now on there too so it's a matter of both figuring out ways to overcome the hurdles that might hurt you but then also taking advantage of the the new uh assets that or, or tech they roll out that could potentially help you mm-hmm. for us it's interesting cuz we don't necessarily like Alyssa's obviously not going to live stream from her classroom or anything like that so it's coming up with clever ways to use those additional moments on instagram and what are some of the ways that you did that we've been able to do it with our book a little bit easier because finally we have something you know instead of just me and my face being on the live story and people are like who, who are you what is this? <laughs> now i can kind of be like hey guys i'm greg i i design i'm the designer for life from snack time here's our book check out our book and and we can showcase it that way um i kind of hope in or well another thing we did actually was was we approached a few big Instagram accounts to take over our story in kind of like a sharing sort of way. So they would, if it was like a a mom who has a really great personality and is always on her own story, talking to our kids, we kind of approached her and said, Hey, we have this account that which you may or may not know. Um, and we'd love if you and your kids just hung out on the account all day and you can push to yourself. You can tell people to follow you, but, uh, just kind of sprucing our account up and giving us a little bit more content on there. Um, so we're experimenting with different things like that. It's obviously uh difficult or scary to do that too, because you're ultimately giving away your password or giving away your account for the day. But um just creative things like that. And I think there's room for so many more. Uh and and yeah, I don't know. It's 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 interesting how often it evolves and changes and you just have to keep up.
2: So it, it's it's really interesting to me because most authors nowadays uh Kyle hit on this a little bit before, but I mean, there's actually publishers that will go and they won't sign an author because they don't have like a Twitter presence or something um, because these platforms are so integral in actually selling the book nowadays. So, what advice would you give to an author who doesn't really have much of a social following, who's primarily like a writer as opposed to, you know, a book that was was spawned from like a Twitter and Instagram account?
0: I think first and foremost, I'd say to find. To just kind of ask your network or look into your network to see if there's someone that, that could help you. Because personally, I never never dreamed of being a part of a book in any way. But my passion has always lied in kind of creating this kind of content, just just stuff on Instagram. So for an author to just look in their network and find someone who, like me, I guess, was is sitting and, and makes some stuff um, on their own personal accounts, but may not necessarily have an outlet. Uh, or, a collaboration with someone else, and approach them and just say, or if it's a stranger, just find someone who's who may have great graphic design on their Instagram but may not be that big. And if you're an author that that uh, is reputable or just has a cool opportunity or a cool book coming out, I would find it hard to believe for someone to say no, or at least not give you the advice that you need. So
3: I also you know. think um, not even, I mean, if you don't have a, an Instagram or a Facebook, um, even just a blog, you know, a, pl- a central place for people to um, take a look at what your what your project is. Um, I tell that to my teacher friends all the time. I mean, they all have all of these like hobbies that they want to grow and learn and, you know, just having a place, a simple website, something that people could look at. I would say uh, cross-posting too. Greg, I'm not sure if you were sort of touching on that what you just said, but um just po- doing, you know, post for posts, getting shout-outs, you know, that, that's sort of how you grow. That's the quick way to grow on Instagram because it's just a, you know, a simple click or follow.
0: Yeah, and so cross-posting would be, you know, I'll I'll promote your book on my channels if you promote my book on your channels type thing. Um and we've done it with the account too. There's there's lots of teacher humor accounts on on Instagram and we've approached many of them and kind of shared one of their posts in in exchange for ours but yeah I mean it's it's interesting I feel like the it you either inherently love to share every part of your life or you're a little bit more hesitant and closed off and don't necessarily want to share and for those people that are closed off and and aren't necessarily um, always on social media it's definitely more of a challenge to to even envision kind of starting a personality that you need to to sell things on social media yeah
3: you know that's actually an interesting an interesting um, comment because for a long time we were anonymous and we actually wanted to make the book anonymous as well but our agent and the publisher were kind of pushing us not to because people really want to identify with the author it kind of like completes the story makes it more personal so
0: yeah, that was kind of a, a stipulation they wouldn't gonna they weren't gonna back down on we need yeah. to, to have names and faces attached to what this was And yeah. it makes sense I mean even On the bare bones metrics levels of Instagram, if you look at you, I guarantee if you look at, if anyone looks at their Instagram, the posts with their faces are going to have more likes than any other posts that they've they've ever posted.
3: Mm -hmm. I mean, people want to build connections. You're not just liking, you know, random things and you don't know any info behind it. It's almost, uh, I don't know, more interesting that way.
2: Interesting. Kyle, you hear that? We have to put a bunch of pictures of our mugs up on the Instagram page.
3: Yeah,
1: I it's uh surprising. I would guess the feedback would be the opposite when it comes to our faces. Like, no, please. I don't know about you guys. Just do, no, just do do I
3: was following, but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is what they look like now. We can't do this anymore.
2: Sorry. <laughs> well, it is funny cuz we've don't been subscribe. you know, we've been growing uh, our following a lot on Instagram recently. And I mean, it's it's such an oxymoron because like this is an audio medium, so who cares about images? You know, I've really found that like not only are people really hungry for, for this content, but, um, it's actually leading to new listeners and, you know, new shout outs and that kind of thing. Uh, so it really is like a world that like can be applied to really anything. And part of the reason that I started doing this was because I saw how effective it was for you all. So thanks for being the the beacon.
0: Cool. Well, you can give us the third 50% of your uh, podcast then.
2: Deal. Yeah,
3: where's your gonna, contract?
2: Yeah, you guys, you guys win. can have, uh, you know, the third fifty percent of of the zero dollars that we're making right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is going to lead to Jeff asking me to send him pictures of me reading. I guarantee it. And there, when three
2: I, I, three months ago, you told me that you had pictures to send me. I'm still waiting on them.
0: Introducing simply light lemonade. Can you hear that? That's the sweet sound of 75% less sugar and calories. We want to make sure you hear it's 75% less sugar and calories because it tastes so good.
1: You guys may or may not know the conceit of our show is that we bring authors on and have them talk about stories that they've had trouble telling or selling or just writing in general um but for you guys i think it might be more fun to talk about the things that kids say that you can't post <laughs>
3: um, right just a slight adjustment, but it makes yeah. all
1: the difference
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah so i think i mean Alyssa, you probably have some doozies that you thought of but i can if you want to think about them i can talk about how
3: yeah go for it
0: I I can talk about our differing uh senses of of humor even or just senses of what's appropriate for the count. so I think one one reason that Alyssa and I work so well together is that we are just polar opposites I guess when it comes to um everything yeah I want everything but I (laughs) want to say our our even just our experience and just our um our outlook and personality and, because- and can
2: you can you give like a quick segue a, a, sorry not a quick segue can you give just like a, a little cliff note on what that is like Alyssa you're a, a teacher in is it Brooklyn now
3: um no in the city
2: in the city okay yep so Alyssa's a, a teacher in Manhattan and Greg uh you know works for Disney and uh you know you have what do you have like a musically account with 600,000 children following it
0: Yes, I yes, I'm a secret uh, influencer on the platform of musically. Oh, so
3: we, we both have hundreds of kids listening to us, so that's still a similarity.
0: <laughs> that's true. I didn't even think about that. I could probably pull out some comments right now that are way too inappropriate for, the, for this
3: program. <laughs> Take your shirt off. <laughs> My students don't say that for the record.
0: <laughs> you know what? Actually, and just to speak on musically for a second, just hearing because so yeah. So I'll back up and I I musically is a platform that. Um, that is very young <laughs> it's a video creation platform that that uses songs to, that overlays your videos so it's almost like you're creating a quick music video and um over the past two years kids ages 9 to 14 have completely and utterly worked their lives around this app like it, it is the number one app amongst that age group it's grown consistently in two years um it's super fun so i i my full- time job is to work at I work at Walt Disney Studios in digital marketing, so um, I saw someone on Instagram posted about the app, and I was like, "I need to know what that is for my job. I downloaded it and I shot a video and I was like okay thats that's fun. I get it and uh, a week later, I was driving home, and my phone just exploded with comments from this app, and it was like you're so old, this is terrible, you look like my math teacher, (laughs) all this stuff. And I was like, what is going on? So I I looked and I immediately realized I'm the oldest one on this app by like 10 years. And, uh, but I had a thousand followers after all the hate. So I made another, my next video was me getting a comment, uh, like actually filming myself getting the comment that said you look like my math teacher. And then I was like dressed like a math teacher or something. So, um, you know, two or a year and a half later I have 660 something thousand followers on this app Ow. very 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 um young like i said so what surprises me though is that this age group they're not inappropriate like i was very concerned and and I'm, I'm still very careful and like you know i'm very appropriate on the app and i just make dumb videos of me you know making fun of myself basically but i was shocked at how just positive and supportive that age group is and i don't know if it's if it's that they're so young that they don't, you know, they don't want to get in trouble or, or get caught being inappropriate. But the the troll, or maybe the music is great at moderating.
3: Well, how like, old like, are they around?
0: I would I would say it's like nine to fourteen, like that's really the sweet That's story. like
3: prime but, bullying. I feel like you 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 yeah. have a good crew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> so there must. I'm sure there's comment moderation, but. I, the amount of and I'm I'm literally like a sore thumb. I'm I'm a dude with a beard like, <laughs> on this app, which sounds a lot creepier than it is. There's a, a lot of people my age on the app now, just for the record. But um, but and and I live stream too. They added the live streaming portion, so I host this like weekly show. Uh, that I try to become like the Jimmy Fallon of this live stream app. Um, but even the comments in there, where it's just rapid fire commenting, the amount of of trolling and, and negative comments I get are so minimal and it blows my mind because you're right i would imagine these kids are like the bullies and the just experimenting with being the bad kid but i'll get the occasional middle finger emoji but you know <laughs> that's if that's the worst of it then, then it's amazing does that burn yeah, Greg? um deeply yeah <laughs> no. <laughs> no so so i guess my point is that that i'm shocked at that how that age group is is so positive with each other and and i'm hoping that it's because of of our culture which has really kind of uh taken a stand to fight cyberbullying and 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 prove how wrong and how kind of negative it can be on someone's life i'm hoping that that's paying off with the the young people um and it's not even just this country around the world but or maybe musically just has really great comment moderation and i'm not seeing the swears (laughs) (laughs) hopefully it's the it's the former
1: Six that's like an honest to goodness celebrity
3: that's yeah that's like, pretty a, incredible
1: do you get recognized on the street no i've
0: never i've never been recognized outside of uh, an event where i should be recognized so i've been okay. recognized at, at this is even more embarrassing but the teen <laughs> choice awards when i went to the teen <laughs> choice awards uh i got recognized <laughs> there by like three or four 12 year olds and then by the, big bullies. Con, <laughs> by the police yeah they're like hey I went with musically, by the way. They invited me. I, I didn't buy a ticket. And, You're not you know. just hanging out at the Teen Choice <laughs> Although award. Justin Timberlake got the Lifetime Achievement Award, so that alone would have brought me there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think I don't think that age group is used to kind of noticing people my age or people our age, if that makes sense. Interesting. Like I don't, I don't, and not that I, I mean, I'm I'm D-list on this app. There's people that have. 16 18 million followers who are actually becoming actual celebrities i'm just the like goofy guy who has time to post one video a week and kids are like oh that's kind of funny you look like my dad Um, (laughs) but but i love it like the community in there is great and um yeah i'm i just i love how positive the community is so so kudos to musically for building that
1: um what are some of the what are some of the the posts that don't make the cut, I guess.
3: <clears throat> um, so there are tons. I, let's see. I mean, there's so many. Kids are really talking about politics in a way that kind of shocks me every day. Um, and we try to, I mean, I try to not really, we try to not really post like a lot about politics because that sort of ends in just like a huge battle. I think it's important for you to sort of state, for us to state, you know, if you have this many followers to state how you feel, but um, to go on and on and on about it, we try to sort of stray away from that. But we have, I mean, my kids are talking about Trump all day long. Trump looks like really? cheese. He's a bully. My dad wants to kill him. I'm moving to Africa. Like it doesn't stop. Um so I would say that's a big one nowadays. Also, most of our submissions are like about diarrhea. Greg, do you find that? They're like all about poop and like shitting your pants.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: So, so we should back up for that segue. We, in in about a year in, we decided to open up because we, we were seeing people in the comments identifying with the account so much and saying like, oh my gosh, my kid said this or here's a funny one that I heard today. So we actually built a, a Google Doc and had people submit Quotes that they heard, and ultimately would, would create a quote with their or a Instagram post with their quote, put their actual Instagram handle on it, give them full credit, tag them in it, and use it on the account. Because, I mean, it's such a worldwide kind of uh, thing we can all agree on is the hilarity of kids. So we opened it up to submissions. So that actually ties it back because Alyssa's right. A lot of, the, I would say the top three submissions we get are yes, either diarrhea or um, something about a fart. Yeah, uh, or something about a, a kid commenting on his mom being pregnant or his teacher being pregnant. Just like, did you eat a baby? Or like, is there? When is your baby done cooking? Like stuff like that, which is <laughs> cute. But it's really cute. But there's only so many ways you can you can make that joke, and kids find every way. To the point of what we can't say a lot of times is, um, and just how differently Alyssa and I operate is, I <laughs> I personally find the fart one so funny. And I always, always send them to Alyssa. And she's like, no, that's, you can't do that. That's right, terrible. Like, how many
3: times are we going to talk about farts on here? <laughs> but, um.
0: And I think that also is just because, you know, Alyssa's in a classroom all day. So she's, she's hearing these firsthand and she's hearing them all day long. And then I'm sitting in, you know, in a cube in an office all day. And so, if someone, if, if I imagine a kid making a fart joke, it like brightens my day. You know? <laughs> so, she's hearing she's hearing like ten of these an hour. And she's
3: like, right, oh, I sit I'm in gonna... the classroom of farts from eight a.m. to like four p.m.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: um, but I do have to say, I mean, there is a lot of repetitive quotes that we get constantly. But it also is sort of cool to see that like kids all over the world are sort of saying the same types of things. Um, so I guess, like, that's sort of, like, my nerdy, like, teacher standpoint, but I'm like, cool, child development and, like, developmentally appropriate, like, thoughts. I don't know. It sort of fascinates me.
2: Just the farts around the world.
3: Farts around the world, baby. <laughs> farts around
0: the world. Um, Alyssa, not to, I don't want to transition for you guys, but I think, Alyssa, I don't want oh. Alyssa to not be able to talk about kind of her um, her vision for what this account, I mean, it's oh. obviously to make people laugh, but she also has a great way of describing, how it it I guess uh, shows people how childhood development and brain function works
1: well, this is a great segue because the next uh, the next question in this train of thought is sort of what comes next and how are you what are you guys building towards now that you've released the book and there's uh, the next stage of development ahead of you
3: um, well, when I first started the account, I mean it from from day one of this um, till now and hopefully the future um, it's not the account and the quotes and the book are not just to make people laugh. I mean, while these quotes are hilarious and I expect people, you know, to find this funny, um there's also sort of a deeper meaning. You know, kids are not trying to be funny. These are honest, curious, genuine questions and comments that they have. Um and I just hope that adults, parents, teachers sort of take it seriously and take the time to sort of explain the answers to these questions. You know, a kid's not having a giant tantrum um, just to be the center of attention or like, or just because they're, they're tired. I mean, in some cases that's true. But um, in a lot of ways, they are really confused. And it's our job to sort of guide them through whatever issue they're having or help them problem solve. Because if we're not helping them in these moments, you know, how else are they figuring it out? So that's sort of my, I would say, my mission behind the whole thing, yeah.
2: I feel like that's a, that's a metaphor for for so much more than just this account.
3: Yeah, um, I can give you an example of sort of what I'm talking about. I was teaching a reading lesson once, and one of my students swallowed his tooth. And he, he was, like, panicking. I mean, his feet, he was just getting so red. He was sweating. He started hysterically crying. And I'm like you know, why, what's going on? You know, it'll come out. I know this is devastating. The tooth fairy might not be able to find it, but I'm like, you know, you, you know, let's try to, let's try to calm down. And he was so nervous. Once I finally got to the bottom of it, calmed him down. I'm like, what, you know, what's going on? He's like, it's going to slice up. My tooth is going to slice up my whole body from the inside. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, now I understand. Like you think this is actually a very dangerous situation. Um, but, but how else would he know that it just sort of comes out, you know, I, you know, teeth are meant to chop food. So why wouldn't he think it like destroys his body? So, I mean, that's just an example of why these moments are very valuable to them.
2: It's like the, there was a Rugrats episode where somebody swallowed a watermelon seed and thought it was going to grow in his belly. <laughs> oh my gosh, right, That's a very that.
3: typical thing for a five-year-old to be freaking out about.
2: Yeah, that was Chucky it was it's, it's always Chucky <laughs> there's the quote right there it's yeah. always Chucky <laughs> that was Alyssa Cowett and Greg Dunbar authors of the book I Did My Homework In My Head they also have a really really dope Instagram, Facebook and Twitter account called Live From Snack Time which was actually the genesis of this book Uh, Thank you book publishing world for recognizing brilliance Uh, You should check them out all over social media and pick up a copy of the book Which is the perfect gift for any new mom in your life any, you know Person in your life any teacher in your life. It's really cool. It's super funny It doesn't matter who you are. You're gonna laugh. So you should check it out. Also do some googling They've had some really fun interviews with hello giggles and I think babble But in any case pick up the book give it to all your friends. It's cheap. It's funny. It'll make you smile Follow them on Instagram, tweet to them, and tell them how much you love this. Uh, you can find us, Writers Who Don't Write, at www.podcast.com. We have Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as well. We love it when you tell us how great we are. So do that, and then subscribe and review, smash like, tell all your friends. We don't put any money into advertising for the show, so we really like very much rely on... Uh, you all telling everybody that you love this. This was a little bonus episode that we did. Um, we usually are bi-weekly. Next week, we'll be back with an interview with Colin Barrett, who is amazing. He's this Irish author who has a book called Young Skins, which is uh, actually a novella hidden inside of a book of short stories. It's super cool. You should read it in preparation for next week when we talk to him. He's a really funny guy. In the meantime, you can uh, also sign up for our newsletter at tinyletter.com slash the music that you heard at the top and the bottom of the hour is from Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Go to his website, sign up for his newsletter, follow him on SoundCloud or social media. Uh, he has an album coming out. I promise you won't be disappointed. And the ad music that you heard in the middle of the show, very briefly, was from Ben Sound of bensound.com. Thanks so much. Tune in next week.